what up? What's up? I really hope I'm, you enjoyed that dancing, by the way. <laughs> I'm just laughing because Jamie is rocking out right now to our theme song. I mean, honestly, it's some of the best theme music I've ever heard. It's pretty solid. I, I dig it. I'm really I mean, glad we that we spent it. $20 on that. Oh, yeah. It was a good investment. Oh, easily. By the way, if you didn't know, you're listening to Hot for Justice, Cold Case Stories. Yes. This is Jessica. And this is Jamie. <laughs> We're sorry about last week, so I had posted that we were going to have an episode, but life, and we just never ended up being able to record, so... Well, I mean, like, your tiny human got a little sick, so... Yeah, so she actually got shots on Monday. Yeah. And I seriously underestimated this was, like, her first round of shots, so I really, really did not expect um, the, the pain and, like, the fussiness and... You know, she just oh, did yeah. not feel good. So that was more important. Oh, 100%. Then, yeah. But anyways. But we're We're back. sorry. My bad. <laughs> yes, and we're back. Bitches. What up? And also, this is extra funny because we're FaceTiming right now. And, like, you have, like, this, like, baby strapped to you. And you're just like, bitches, what up? I, like, <laughs> I, I'm mom life and hard right now. I finally got her to sleep. So I'm in, in her carrier. And as long as I keep moving, she'll stay asleep. Oh, my God. So, actually, that reminds me. When I was a kid, my mom told me that, like, when I was, like, a big baby baby, the only way I could yeah. fall asleep is if they would, like, drive around the neighborhood. Yeah. So, like, me too. have times of just, like, driving and driving and driving. Oh, gosh. Our poor parents. I know. My dad said that I used to like to listen to the Almond Brothers and drive in the car, and that's how I would fall asleep. Honestly, that's the most Jessica Penrose thing I've ever heard. Right. <laughs> and so we try to play her music, but so far, she likes T-Pain. <laughs> Is she in love with a stripper? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. We sing, um, we sing Bartender to her. It's pretty great. You know, I feel like I've lie. heard Wes sing some of Bartender and, um, oh, fuck, what's yeah. the other one? Um, <sighs> shit, it's going to bother me. What's the other big T-Pain song? I'm in love with a stripper. That one, yeah. Yeah. We're great parents, by the way. Hey, like, she's young enough that she won't remember any of this later. Exactly. But it's on once the internet she's... now, so. Right, and once she's, like, <laughs> old enough to know what we're talking about, we won't sing her stripper songs anymore. I mean, you might, but. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. We'll see. It's neither right. here nor there. All right. All right. Cool, 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 cool. So now that we're done with the baby talk. Yes. <laughs> um, it's I... time to get in. It's... Yeah, it's Jamie's turn this week. Yes. Um, that hiatus kind of fucked me up a little bit, but we're good. I know. Um, so um, I actually picked this one to do last week because it was Halloween related. Okay. So I'm going to do it anyways. But do it. You know, it's just... We're close enough to the end of Halloween that it's acceptable still. Exactly. Like, I saw people on Instagram having Halloween parties, like, yesterday. Yeah, same. Which I was so actually like, kind of pleasantly surprised by, because like, I thought, like, everyone kind of, like, did it before November. Yeah, the week of before. I kind of dig it, though, like, bringing it into November. Yeah, I'm into it. I might do that next year, because, you know, you have one and I normally have right. one. Right. Not this year because I had a baby, but like <laughs> next year I'll have a murder mystery party again. Heck yeah. Into yeah, that. So that's happening. Okay. Also, Everson was a llama for Halloween. So if you guys haven't like looked at those pictures, you should go on my Instagram because it's the cutest thing you'll ever see. I know. I literally was gagging when I saw them. <laughs> it was so cute. And the pictures of her in the like boo shirt, also oh, very yeah. cute. Like Thank the facial you. expressions were A plus. 
I could not believe she smiled for me. Like, <laughs> she was she was hamming it up. She truly was, because usually she's just kind of like not about it. <laughs> yeah. Like exactly. that time a few weeks ago when we tried to take pictures, she was just like, "Bitch, not happening." <laughs> oh no, she cried the whole time. The entire oh time you're gosh. like holding her up, and she's just like, "Mm." -mm. <laughs> like all I can do is laugh because truly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm teaching her, you know, the ways. <laughs> I mean, someone's got to pay the bills somehow, right? Right. You got to get those baby sponsorships. Exactly. By the way, if she any did. sponsors are listening and have baby-related products, I right. have a cute baby for you. She's a ginger, too, and you need to, you know, make sure... Gingers are very underrepresented <laughs> in marketing, so let's be inclusive. We'll get you a ginger baby. Yeah, she's got the red hair, you know, and the very pale skin. She's ready. <laughs> <laughs> ghostly pale like her daddy yes that is 100% tad 100% of the time <laughs> shout out shout out Les okay Your pale ghost anyways oh hit it, my gatos <laughs> <laughs> um so mine is the murder of Ronald Clark O'Brien um okay. so this is nicknamed the um Candyman and the man who killed Halloween Ooh, this sounds creepy yeah sorry I I should I mistitled this the uh, death of Ronald Clark O'Brien. He's the one that murdered his son. Oh. Which is extra sad. Um, what a great guy. A absolute gem. <laughs> um, so he's an American man convicted of killing his eight-year-old son on Halloween of 1974 um, using a potassium cyanide laced pixie stick that was collected during a trick-or-treat outing. I know the face you're making is 100% also the face I made when I first read this. Yeah, this is terrible. Yeah. So he poisoned his son in order to, cl to collect life insurance money to ease his own financial troubles as he was $100,000 in debt. And this is, like, 1974 money, so, like, that was, like, a, I mean, $100,000 in debt's a lot of debt. But, like... Yeah, but that's, like, a lot more. Yeah, I'm not gonna math that, because fuck that, but... <laughs> Alright. Um... But yeah, so he also distributed poison candy to his daughter and three other children in an attempt to cover up his crime. However, neither his daughter or the other children ate the poison candy. He was convicted of capital murder in June of 1975 and sentenced to death. He was executed by lethal injection in March of 1984. Okay, I have to interrupt. $100,000 in 1970 <laughs> was equal to $618,574 in 2016. Holy fucking shit. That's a lot of money. Yeah. So it's probably closer to like three quarters of a million now. Yeah. Oh my god. That's nuts. Okay. And also i also have to inter interject this yes my mom and i were just talking about people poisoning halloween candy because i was like how do parents like let their kids go out yeah you're treating especially because you see it in the news all the time right but she said it was like a thing when we were kids too it just you know like didn't get around as much because they didn't have facebook and stuff <laughs> i say it's really all on facebook <laughs> right um well no like even like a few years ago so i used to work at an elementary school like back in the dizzy and um, yeah. there was a kid, uh, I want to say this was like probably five years ago, that when uh -huh. we were working there, this kid had a razor blade and Halloween candy. Oh my God. Like she bit into it at lunchtime. Like they were like brought Halloween candy. Like luckily she was totally fine, but like she like bit That's into it and she was like, oh, this is hard. And like there was a fucking razor in it. That's terrible. Like people are awful. And like this is like in my neighborhood. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, like, it's absolutely psychopathic. People are monsters. Yeah, for real. 
Um, Halloween like that? Shit. Yeah, like, like, this is, like, the day that everyone's supposed to go have fun. And they're just kids. Yeah, they're doing, like, very, you know, mediocre shenanigans. Like, I mean, the most trouble you can get into is when you're, like, 15 and trick-or-treating. And right. just, you know, kind of just generally being a shithead. But, I mean, like, most of these kids are, you know, like, 10 and under, just living their best life. Yeah. <clears throat> like, I'm pretty sure I had a bunch of te- Okay, I'm sorry. We're going off on a tangent. Go for it. I'm pre- pretty sure I had a bunch of teenagers come and take my whole bowl of candy on Halloween. I'm a little salty oh, uh-uh. about it, but... Yeah. <laughs> and if you listen, you little teenagers, <laughs> you suck. <laughs> um, we actually had one trick-or-treater, like, all night. It was very sad. Oh, yeah. We didn't have many, which is why I know, like, somebody took a, a large amount at one time. Right. Because there was no one on our street. It was a ghost town. Oh, my God. <sighs> Jerks. What a bunch of buttholes. Yeah. Okay. Um, so back to it. So a little bit of background. Also, I'm totally reading this off of Wikipedia. What else is new? Um, <laughs> Jamie's favorite source. You know, we need to, if we ever get paid for this podcast, we need to donate to Wikipedia. A hundred percent. I am down for that. Um, I mean, they've given me truly unlimited content. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then we'll continue to do so. Um, so some background on him. So he lived with his wife in... Um, his wife Diane in Deer Park, Texas, with their two children, son Timothy and daughter Elizabeth, who was born in 1969. O'Brien worked as an optician at Texas State Optical in uh, in Houston. He was the deacon at the Second Baptist Church, where he also sang in the choir and was in charge of the local bus program. Wow. Yeah. So, really, no one you would suspect to be a motherfucker, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> um. So, October 31st of 1974, O'Brien took his two children trick-or-treating in Pasadena, Texas. Uh, O'Brien's neighbor and his two children accompanied them. After visiting a home where the occupant failed to answer the door, the children grew impatient and ran ahead to the next home where O'Brien stayed behind. He eventually caught up with the group and uh, produced five 21-inch pixie sticks, which he would later claim he was given by the occupant of the house that did not answer the door. At the end of the evening, O'Brien gave each of his neighbor's two children a pixie stick each, uh, upon returning home, he gave the fifth one to a 10-year-old boy whom he recognized from his church. Before bed, Timothy asked to eat some of his can- some of the candy he'd collected, and he chose the pixie sticks to have. He had trouble getting the um, candy out of the straw, so O'Brien helped him loosen the powder up. After tasting it, he said that it tasted kind of bitter. Um, his dad then gave him some Kool-Aid to wash away the taste. Timothy immediately began to complain that his stomach hurt and ran up to the bathroom where he began to vomit and convulse. He later claimed, uh, his father later claimed that, uh, Timothy, Timothy, uh, while Timothy was vomiting, he went limp in his arms. Uh, mm-hmm. Timothy O'Brien died en route to the hospital less than an hour after consuming the pixie stick. It's so sad. I don't know how you could do that to your own child. Right? Like, what the fuck is wrong with these people? Like, you're obviously a psychopath. Truly. Who has no feelings. A hundred percent. Um, his death from the poison Halloween candy prompted fear in the community. Numerous parents in Deer Park and the surrounding area returned, uh, returned candy their children had acquired from trick-or-treating to the police, uh, fearing that it was laced with poison. Police did not initially expect O'Brien of any wrongdoing until the autopsy revealed that the pixie stick that he consumed was laced, laced with a fatal dose of potassium cyanide. Four of the five pixie sticks that, um, O'Brien had claimed to receive from that house where no one answered the door were recovered by authorities from the other children, none of whom had consumed the candy. The parents of the fifth child became hysterical and they couldn't locate the candy, and the police called their house 
when the police had called their house to inform them. The parents mm-hmm. rushed upstairs to find their son asleep, holding the unconsumed poison candy in his hand. God. Could you fucking How imagine? Lucky. No, Jesus. He had been unable to open the staples that were used to seal the wrapper. Because these are like those plastic pixie sticks. You know what I'm talking about? Like the big yeah. long ones. You have to like cut them. Yeah. So like he was unable them. to do it and like fall asleep because he like couldn't get it open. Thank God. A hundred percent. According to pathologists who would test the candy... Uh, the candy that was consumed by Timothy contained enough cyanide to kill two fully grown adults, while the other four um, contained doses that could have killed three to four grown adults. What the hell? Yeah. So, like, this guy, like, was, like, not fucking around. Yeah. Um, so, the dad had originally told police that he couldn't remember which house he got the pixie sticks from. Police became suspicious of the excuses that he started to give because he him and his neighbor had only taken their children to homes on two streets because it was raining that night. So mm-hmm. it didn't add up that he like couldn't remember where it came from. Um, yeah. Their suspicions increased after learning that none of the homes that the group had visited had handed, had even handed out any pixie sticks at all. Um, after walking in the neighborhood with the police three times, O'Brien led them to the home that the group had visited, but whose occupant didn't answer the door. He claimed that he revisited the home before catching up with the group and that the owner of the home did not turn the lights on, but cracked the door open and handed him five pixie sticks. He claimed to have only seen the man's arm, um, which he had described as being hairy. The home was owned by a, nam- a man named Courtney Melvin. He was an air traffic controller at the Hobby Airport and didn't get home from work until 11 p.m. that night on Halloween, so he was ruled out as a suspect when they... Like over 200 people confirmed he was at work. That was that's such an airheaded like, like thing to say because it's so easily easily like able to be checked out. Exactly, it's like oh no one answered the door, and then it's like oh it's definitely this guy, and then right. no, <laughs> like definitely not. Idiot. Fucking idiot. Um, so as the investigation furthered, police learned that Ronald O'Brien was over a hundred thousand dollars in debt, aka basically six hundred fifty thousand dollars in debt. Yeah. <laughs> and, he ha- and he had a history of uh, being unable to hold down jobs. In the 10 years preceding the crime, he had held 21 different jobs. Holy crap. Right? Um, at the time of his arrest, he was suspected of theft at his job at the Texas State Optical and was close to being fired from there as well. His car was about to be repossessed and he had defaulted on several bank loans and had the family home um, it had been foreclosed on. Police discovered that O'Brien had taken out life insurance policies on all of his children in the months preceding Timothy's death. In January of 1974, he had taken out $10,000 in life insurance policies on both of his children. One month before Timothy's death, O'Brien took out an additional $20,000 policy on each child, despite the objections of the life insurance agency. Basically saying, like, oh, your kids are too young, this is way too much money to be giving an insurance, like, this is stupid. And it's not going to do much for your debt. Like, that's, like, nothing. Right. Like, literally, it's a tenth of your debt. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Well, I mean, okay, so total, it's it's $30,000. It's a third of your debt. Yeah. We don't math. No. I mean, I kind of half-assed it just now. I think that worked. Um, Sure. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Um, So, basically, um, all the total policies that he'd taken out on his children that year equaled $60,000. Um, his wife maintained that she didn't know about any of the insurance policies over her children's lives. Police also learned that the morning after Timothy's death, O'Brien had called the insurance company to inquire about collecting on the policies t- he had taken out on his son. After learning that uh, O'Brien had visited a chemical supply store in the Houston area to buy cyanide shortly before Halloween, uh, police began to suspect that he had killed a son. No fucking shit. 
Dude, this guy's an idiot, though. 100%. Like, I'm glad he's so stupid and he got caught, but, like, his poor kids. Like, full-on paper trail. Um, so, buh, 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 buh. police had theorized that he had laced the candies with poison in an effort to kill his children and collect on the life insurance policies. So, basically, he was baking on his other kid also eating it, but then she didn't. Um, they also believe that he gave other children the candy in an attempt to cover up the crime and basically, you know, just kind of throw it off that it wasn't him. Yeah. Like, none of the other children had ever consumed the candy, um, and the police had questioned him, but he maintained his innocence the entire time. Um, although police never discovered when or where he exactly bought the poison, he was arrested for Timothy's murder on November 5th of 1974. He was indicted on one count of capital murder and four counts of attempted murder. O'Brien entered a plea of not guilty on all five accounts. His trial began in Houston, Texas on May 5th of 1975. During the trial, a chemist who was acquainted with O'Brien testified that in the summer before the um, incident, he had contacted him asking about cyanide and how much would be a fatal dose. A chemical supply salesman also testified that O'Brien had asked him how to purchase cyanide. Friends and coworkers testified that in the months before Timothy's death, O'Brien showed an unusual interest in cyanide and spoke about how much it would take to kill a person. His sister-in-law and brother-in-law testified that on the day of Timothy's funeral, he spoke of using the money from Timothy's insurance policy to take a long vacation and to buy a bunch of other expensive items. What? So, fucking piece of shit. Yeah. So he's not even, like, using it to, like, pay off his debt. He's like, you know what? Let's go on a nice vacation and buy some expensive shit. Right? Like, jeez. Like, let's use this money from our deceased son, rest in peace, question mark? Terrible yeah. person. Yeah, fucking asshole. Um, the entire time he continues to maintain his innocence, his defense mainly uh, drew on the decades-old urban legend of a mad poisoner who hands out Halloween candy laced with poison or needles or uh, razor blades inserted in them. Uh, these stories have uh, persisted despite the fact that there's no documented instances of strangers poisoning Halloween candy, you know, for the most part. I mean, yeah, there yeah, are assholes. at that time. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, the case and subsequent trial garnered national attention, and the, pr- and the press had dubbed O'Brien the Candyman. On June 3rd of 1975, a jury took 46 minutes to find him guilty of capital murder and four counts of attempted murder. Dang. The jury took 71 minutes to sentence him to death. Shortly after he was oh, convicted, wow. his wife filed for divorce. She later remarried, and her new husband adopted her daughter, Elizabeth. Oh, good. Yep. So he was eventually um, executed. Do-do-do-do-do. Uh, 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 his first execution date was set for August 8th of 1980. His attorney successfully petitioned for a stay of execution. A uh, second date was scheduled for May 25th of 1982. That was also postponed. And then a third execution was scheduled for October 31st of 1982, the eighth anniversary of the crime. And Dang. the judge had um, offered to personally drive O'Brien to the death chamber. Oh, wow. Yeah. It would have been the first time that uh, Texas, Texas had executed an inmate by lethal injection. The Supreme Court delayed the date yet again to give him a chance to pursue an appeal to seek a new trial. A fourth date was set for March 34th in 1984. His lawyer sought a fourth stay on the basis that lethal injection was a cruel and unusual punishment. March 28th, a federal judge rejected that request. So on March 31st of 1984, shortly after midnight, he was executed by lethal injection. Deserved it. A hundred fucking percent. Um, and during the execution, a crowd of 300 demonstrators gathered outside the prison and cheered while some yelled trick-or-treat. Oh, ouch. Yep. And, um, well. and then other, there were some anti-death uh, penalty demonstrators that were uh, passing out candy. 
Oh my god. Yep. <laughs> Kill him. So that's that. <laughs> Pun intended. <laughs> Dang. Isn't that fucking bananas? Yeah. I read that and I was like, oh my fucking god. Like, this is, this is too crazy to be real life. Yeah. That's so sad, though. But, wow. Yeah. Spooky. Super spooky. What you got? All right. Mine's depressing. I mean, they're all depressing, but it's because it involves a child. So, in a quiet neighborhood um, called Land Park, I didn't know where this was, but I had to Google it. It's apparently close. It's like in the Sacramento area, like a suburb of Sacramento. I've never heard of that before, so. Yeah. Um, Hold on one second. Yep, you're good. My dogs are being annoying. Um, so a the Jacobs family lived there. Um, the family consisted of Michael Jacobs, who was 33. He worked as a contractor. His wife, Marcy, she was 31. She worked as an analyst for the Bureau of Criminal Identification at the California Department of Justice. This sounds very ironic a, already. Yes. They had a nine-year-old daughter named Jennifer. She was a fourth grader at a local elementary school. Um, in January of uh, 1991, Michael Jacobs' body was found near an open safe um, in the garage, which was not attached to the home. It was separate. Okay. Um, he had been fatally shot in the head. Um, his wife, Marcy, she was found in the bathroom. She had also been shot in the head. Um, part of her job had been shot off. Holy shit. Um, she had also been stabbed and slashed with a sharp object. Oh my um, god. She had been moved from the living room where she was killed into the bathroom. I'm not sure why. And then their daughter, Jennifer, was found in a be- in the bedroom, also shot in the head. Um, and they said that she was clutching a teddy bear, which is really, really awful. Oh my god. And makes me sad. Um, the police believed that the motive was robbery, and that's what they, like, all the news reports say, that mm-hmm. it was, like, a robbery gone wrong, and they killed them. Um, th- there was an open safe in the garage that had contained, like, weapons and imprints of something heavy like gold or caches of, like, stacks of cash. Mm-hmm. Um, however, the safe wasn't even Jacob, the Jacob family's. Like, it wasn't Michael Jacob's. Um, it was his friend, uh, Richard McCarthy's safe. Mm-hmm. His friend Richard had gone missing just a few weeks before the Jacobs family was killed. What the fuck? Yeah. Um, and Is this related at all or no? Or am I going to find out? I mean, I can't <laughs> imagine how it's not, but no, they, the articles don't say anything about it. That's wild. It's weird. And so, yeah. Um, he. They also said that he had like previously served some time in like a, the county jail, like 120 days, which isn't a lot, but like, I mean, maybe. It's enough. Yeah. So if the safe wasn't theirs to begin with, right. it's not normally in the home. Um, like, it's just kind of odd timing. No, 100%. Like, if if it was someone that knew it was there, like, they would have been, like, only there for, what, a short period of time? Yeah. Like, not that long. So, it had to have been, like, a close friend or family member. Okay. So, um, yeah, I just think it's weird, the timing, but also, like, if it was just robbery, why do you need to kill a nine-year-old who was obviously still in her bedroom because they found her in her bed? Yeah. And, like, 
she was obviously scared. She's only nine. Like, like that's very unnecessary. Right. And, like, the odds of her remembering anything are pretty low because she's so young and, like, something that traumatic, like, no. And if she was asleep for most of it anyways, which you could probably assume that she was. Yeah. I would imagine. Or she was hiding in her bed. But, like, either way, she probably didn't see anybody. No, she'll just... She just needed some therapy and it would have been fine. Right. And, like... Well, probably not, but, like, you definitely would have needed therapy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But you know what I'm saying. Like... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um... I mean, like, unless it was somebody that, like, she knew. And maybe, like, mm. they were like, well, maybe if she saw me at all, then she could pin it on me. Yeah. So. That's probably what um, happened. But, hey, sorry, go on. I don't want to spoil your, no, spoil your story. <laughs> You're fine. Um, the neighbor said a few days before she saw an unusual visitor um, in on the block. Mm-hmm. It was a guy um, with a black truck and a silver tool chest on the back of it. She said he had, quote-unquote, burned rubber <laughs> going down the street. <laughs> that's dramatic. And that made me laugh. <laughs> um, because that's something my parents would say. <laughs> <laughs> they were really burning rubber. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, and then she said that Michael Jacobs, the dad, had gone in the truck to go for a ride. So it was kind of unusual. Yeah. Also... The autopsy found that Jacobs had all had a low level of meth in their system at the time. Oh, of I don't like that at all. No, um, but they believed because it was a low level and there wasn't really like a lot of evidence that they had been using drugs consistently, that they weren't like regular users of meth. But that's just struck me as really odd. Right. It's like, oh, you don't just like, okay, meth is one of those things you don't casually do. No. Like, you can casually no. smoke a little weed or casually do a little coke, but you can't just casually do meth. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, and that's especially, weird. especially, like, if I... It didn't say if it was in, like, the, the little girl's system, but it's weird. Yeah. And the mom worked at the Department of Justice, like... That's what I'm saying. That's so fucking weird. So, I, okay. But without knowing anything else... It was someone that was trying to fucking silence the mom. Right. And, knew and like, knew the family. Because otherwise they wouldn't have known the, the safe was even there. Yeah. And they wouldn't have murdered the kid otherwise. Right. So, it's just, like, all of these little pieces are very, like, odd. Totally. Right? The case is still cold. It is being actively investigated as of last year. Holy shit. There's a 50 thousand dollar reward to anyone who can provide information in the arrest and conviction of the person or people responsible for their their death when what year Um, did this happen again 91 wow so So it's as old as we are basically it's older than we are because you're you're a baby yeah it's still older than you shut the hell up (laughs) like a year 28 years ago (laughs) i'm I'm sorry that i'm a child (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh baby no, that's a baby. <laughs> yeah, she says hi. <laughs> but yeah, I just I don't know. There's a it doesn't really like go into further detail. I'm watching like a like a ABC thing on it and I haven't finished it yet. So maybe next week um I'll I can chime in about it. A Do you know what the ABC thing's called? It's um yeah, hold on, I have it on like up. Because maybe we can like link it in the show notes. Yeah, it's called Real Monsters. Hunting the Killers of the Land Park Family. Oh, shit. And it's, like, a five, like, little, like, ten-minute episode thing. Yeah. So, So the whole um, thing's, like, a little under an hour? Yeah, about an hour. Cool. So, I haven't We're finished them on episode two, but I can add it to it. It feels like next. a big gap in oh, the woods. Oh, it's playing uh. now. 
Is it on After Hulu or dog um, to a hit and run accident oh my gosh, I can't Avenue, find it either. <laughs> right in front of his house when he broke through a small hole in you his guys. back. Okay. Um, it is just like on Google. Um, it's like okay one of my sources is an abc article and in the article all of these are like embedded in there okay so just put the link to that article and then just be like okay everything's here yeah and you can watch it also my article was written by chelsea shannon and i got information from another article by Stephen large so just wanted to shout out those two people because we're not trying to get any copyright issues (laughs) exactly um well do you have anything fun and fresh to share with the class well, um, I'm watching Queer Eye. I, I just started it. It's quite good. Like, just, like, period, just started it. Yeah, just started it. Oh my god, bitch, you're in for a treat. Yeah, so I really like it so far. I knew you and, you and Audrey would be very proud of me. So very much I so. I wanted to, um, you know, give um, that a little shout out. Actually, also another thing that you can add to your commute podcast situation. So Jonathan Van Ness okay. has a podcast Okay. called Getting Curious. I'm here for that. Um, he's actually done a couple, like, kind of true crime adjacent episodes. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, so, like, he basically takes, like, a, like, kind of, like, complex topic, and then he has, like, mm-hmm. an expert in that topic come on as the guest, and they, like, discuss it in layman's terms. That's cool. It's actually very fucking okay. cool, and it's very interesting, and I feel a lot smarter after I listen to it. Okay, I'm gonna, you said it's getting curious? Yeah, I'll, I'll send you the link so that you can link it in the show notes, because I don't do that shit. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Literally, the, like, when you were on maternity leave, that was, like, my biggest struggle was <laughs> it's, doing the show notes. No, for, I'm just glad you do all the production stuff because, for me, I get so frustrated <laughs> that I want to throw my computer. So, you know, we play to our strengths. It's okay. Exactly. Um, <laughs> let's see. My fun and fresh thing. Oh, I started that, um, the show Unbelievable. Is that what it's called? Oh, yeah. The girl that got so raped. so good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, like, half done with it. It's very fucking good. You're you're right. It's so, like, raw and, like, but and it's obviously very serious. Yeah, it's all based on true shit. But it's so good. And actually, so um, I had actually downloaded the um, Audible book for it, like, months ago. Because uh-huh. okay. um, before I had my Audible subscription for my other show, I had, yeah. had like, a trial because I – I'm one of those, like, people that, like, would habitually do free trials for Audible so I can get free books and then oh, cancel yeah. it so I wouldn't get charged the fee. Feel you. Cause I feel you. Because I'm a cheap asshole. <laughs> Same. Same. Um, so I had gotten the book. I think it was, I want to say it was originally titled something else because it retitled it and ha- okay. it now has the Netflix cover art in Audible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, it's now been rebranded as Unbelievable. Yeah, and it, it, we're on Netflix now, and I'm like, oh shit, okay. I want to say it used to be like Unreal or something like that. I'll I'll get the real title and I'll I can link, talk about it. But anyways, send it I to me so I can link it. Yeah, so you can <laughs> link it. But um, I hadn't actually listened to the book yet, so I'm excited to actually listen to the book. Yeah, let me know how it is. I will. Um, but yeah, so I thought that was interesting that I had the book for it this whole time and didn't even know it. And didn't know it. Yeah. Yeah. That that's funny. A hundred percent. Because I want to say. A, the guys on True Crime Garage had recommended the mm-hmm. book. Okay. Like many moons ago. And that's why I downloaded yeah. it and then I just kind of forgot about it. Haven't gone to it yet. No. And I'm still trying to start I'll Be Gone in the Dark because I'm an asshole. Oh, it's good though. And, I mean, it's very good. It, I, I, it's, I have skimmed a little bit of it, but. It's good, not like when I started it, they had not caught him yet. Right. So it's like more compelling 
then. I bet. Because it was a mystery, you know. And so but I think that's part of the reason is. why I'm kind of like dragging my feet a little bit. Yeah. So I'm like, I know how it ends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but exactly. I mean, I'm still excited to read it because it's still like, you know, like a lot of cool evidence and stuff. Oh, yeah. Because I mean, I don't know all of the details, so. Yeah. It's got a lot of information. It's very well written. She's an amazing author. So. Yeah, it's M- Michelle McNamara. Yeah. yeah. She died half, like, when she was almost done with the book, so it was finished by Billy Jensen right. and another guy. So it's, but it's it's very good. Because I want to say that, um, like, many, many moons ago, um, Billy Jensen, they, on My Favorite Murder, they did a bit where they, like, he read, like, the first chapter or the foreword or something. Yeah. Yeah. I want to say, like, over like, a year him... ago. Yeah. Um, it yeah. Because I talked about it, because I was like, oh, that, this sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, so very, very great writer, very good stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't think I have anything else too, too exciting. I don't think I'm doing anything else. Um, oh, this morning I did a fun charity, like, Twitch stream. Oh, yeah. Um, that raised money for kids. That was cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So, um. You guys are good people. It's up on Zach's Twitch channel. Um, if you want to watch me be really bad at Crash Bandicoot for an hour. <laughs> I might have to go look at that up. Yeah, it's twitch.tv slash Zachajwaya19. I'll send you the link so you can link it in the thing. But, okay. Um, but yeah, I think that's all I have. Do you have anything else? All right. No. All right, cool. Next no. week we'll, you know, maybe be more prepared. Probably not. Yeah, I, th- I think, <laughs> yeah. well, we're going to try to get together. And yeah, that's, that's the big easier thing. easier than, like, trying to do this virtually, although seems we got our technical difficulties figured out i mean like finally <laughs> i know you guys i'm seriously get just so frustrated i can't <laughs> so <laughs> yeah so probably but, next weekend we'll get together and bang a few out so it'll sound a lot better it'll be a lot better yeah and there'll be no more hiatuses in the near future hopefully yeah fingers crossed but you know also i'm getting the hang of this mom thing so you guys have to be patient with me yeah she's got a freshie you know there's only so much (laughs) (laughs) all righty yes so we'll catch you next week and we'll do it all over again with some some new true crime stuff yeah um oh make sure you um subscribe and leave us a rating in itunes because it helps with the algorithm and we just passed five thousand downloads Woo! So thank oh, you yeah, everybody. We, we really appreciate you. Yes, yes, we do. Thank you guys for listening. We have more listeners than we thought we would. A hundred fucking so percent. So thank, thank all of you. Thank you for telling you your friend will, or five. If you yeah, if you <laughs> like us, tell your friends, share us on your social media. We appreciate it. Hopefully one day, you know, we can have like a ton of downloads and reach more people. It'll be awesome. Yeah, and do some more cool giveaways for you guys. Maybe we'll do a giveaway for five thousand. We should. Yeah, we should. So um, maybe you should um, send us a DM and give us some ideas for what we should do for the giveaway this time. Yes. And do we'll um, come up with some rules, and next week we'll make it a thing. All right. Sounds good. All right. So we'll catch you next week, and goodbye. Yep. Goodbye.